Kevin is have you recovered I have it took a couple of days uh, I, I don't know if we've had a break though to be honest no, with we, you. I haven't yeah you, you haven't uh, Sunday I spent my day working on player of the week or player of the year stuff the coach of the year stuff but uh, still been a fun few days but I don't know if we're going to get any recovery until maybe next week maybe 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 Maybe. I know after the two days of the state championship, um, Sunday I came here and worked 14 hours laying out and designing our postseason football magazine for the Jasper Jones, Smith, and Wayne County area. And I'm just exhausted and really haven't had much of a break since Sunday because I had a lot of news breaking here lately and a lot of stories I've had to write. Um, for those of you all who don't know right now um, as of last night uh, Todd Breland stepped down as head coach at Laurel High School and Ryan Ernest will be his successor so I've been uh, getting together interviews and putting out stories for that and uh, it's been uh, been keeping me busy along with games that we covered last night Right, because we've had basketball, soccer. Uh, I know I helped you with the Laurel Magazine, try to get stuff ready for the Hattiesburg Magazines. We've had signs all week. Yep. Uh, actually, one today uh, that happened just a few minutes ago. I'll, I had to uh, push that interview to tomorrow, but tons and tons of stuff. So it's the end of football season, but it's not. If that makes sense, yeah. We still got a couple of games left: the Mississippi Alabama game, the North South game. Uh, yeah, for the next two weeks, the next two Saturdays, we're going to be hooked up on. Uh, oh, I got a little uh, a little alert there from ESPN. It's your Ooh. fantasy team. No, it's not. It had anything to do with fantasy. Oh, really? We'll talk about it. I'm, I'm going to save this news for later. We'll, we'll talk about it later because it is actually one of our subjects that we'll be talking about later on. Um, all I got to say is I kind of like this hire. <laughs> nice. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. But welcome to the Sports 601 Podcast, Season 1, Episode 16. Kevin, this will be our last episode in Season 1. We'll start Season 2 in a couple of weeks. Uh, but just let our listeners know this is the last episode in season one, um, simply because the football season is drawing to an end. And um, with the state championship games this past weekend, we're going to uh, start a new season and really start. Uh, it'll be the same podcast, but it would be different. We're, we're going to change some things up. Um add some exciting stuff in there and and, and uh, just be sure to check us out on sports601.com we'll reveal uh, some of that in the coming 
days and weeks. Uh, but I'm your host, James Pugh. I cover sports for sports601.com and the Laurel Impact for Jasper Jones-Smith in Wayne County. And then to my 12 o'clock is my co-host, Kevin Lindsay, and he covers sports for us at sports601.com and the Hattiesburg Impact for Forest Lamar in Covington County. Well, we're through with our predictions. That's the good news. Do you want to reveal the bad news? You know, well, it's not bad news, but it's just you wish you would have ended on a better note. Yeah, I finished over one, and I went two weeks without a win, too, speaking yeah. about. I went over and one and over one in my last two weeks. You had the easy game to pick. I'm going to give no, you that. No, 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 no. That no, was the no, easy no, no, game no. to pick, no, James. It wasn't. That was so easy. No, it wasn't. It was such an easy game to pick. Actually, I, I, I thought my prediction was in peril on those uh, in that first quarter. Maybe. I could see it a little bit. I, Taylorsville looked in serious trouble in that first quarter. Their first two drives. First two drives, three and outs. Three and outs. Three and outs, two sacks. And then Northside scores a touchdown. And they're driving, I believe. I'm not sure exactly how the second drive went. They were driving pretty deep and something happened. Fumble. Uh, Fumble. Fumble. Okay. And kind of changed the momentum of the game. Yeah. There for for Taylorsville. And then they... They won their second state championship in three years. Uh, also the second uh, for junior quarterback Ty Keys. He uh, had a pretty good game after that uh, kind of mishap there in that, that first uh, first quarter. But uh, No passing touchdowns. Yeah, no passing touchdowns, but uh, he was able to uh, do some things to get Taylorville in some scoring positions. And... Uh, they pulled off a win over Northside, forty-eight to eighteen, or forty-nine to eighteen. Forty-eight to eighteen. Forty-eight to eighteen. Yeah, all those games, man. They're just running together now. <laughs> we speak about exhaustion, and this is the way I was, even Friday. The week leading up to it, we were just so excited, and I'm that way every year when it comes to state championship games. I get excited. Hour eight rolls around on the first day, and you get exhausted. Yeah, and you're just you're just hoping it ends. And then when it ends, you're like, man, I'm ready for the next day. Right. Next day rolls around, and about four hours in on day two, you're like, I just want this to end. But you're excited about the games. You're excited about what you're about to see. You just you're just exhausted. It has nothing to do whether, you know whether you like what you do or not because obviously we love what we do it's just it's just your body gets tired and you're exhausted and you know at the end of it you're like man I'm glad this is over with right that's and then you're ready for the next year you're ready. you know so it's it's, it's it's a pendulum swing that just kind of goes every which way right uh, I, I, I kind of feel that way and I know this is weird to say um but I, this was my thought process uh, going into the Oxford Oak Grove game. Uh, I was really, really excited about it and got hyped up about it. 
Uh, and then like five minutes before, I got nervous. And I know that's weird to say uh, because I, I've obviously not played it. I don't have a kid who plays or anything like that. But you kind of get nervous because I, I, I want the shot. I want the story. I want, you know, all of these right. things. And, um, you know, I got the shots. Obviously not the ones I would have wanted and probably not the ones that uh, Hattiesburg, the Hattiesburg area, Grove area would want. Uh, but yeah, after it was over with and I got back to the house, uh, we got back probably what, one, one thirty in the morning? Yeah. Uh, could barely sleep. I was yeah. thinking in my head about what happened and all the games and everything going on that day. That game, by the way, was the best game at the state championships. As far as if you love the game of football. Yeah. Now, I understand. I, I get it. I get the nervousness part because there are games, big games like that, when it's your team in your area versus a team that's not in your area, and you want your team to do good yeah. that's in your area. You want to see the kids in your area succeed. And when the game is going on, you're, you're really nervous because – you know, you want them to win. You want them to. You want to see them do good. And so, you know, in a way, you you are invested in it. Yeah. And that's where that nervousness comes from. Right. Yeah. Or at least that's that's what I've experienced. Right. That's uh, that's kind of how I was, you know, because uh, we we've been blessed. I think me and you both have had our teams in our coverage area at least one make it every year. Yeah. Uh, sometimes multiple teams make it, mm-hmm. but uh, you you do you want to see the kids do well. You want to see the coaching staff do well that you form relationships with. I know I know you, you you've got a close relationship with with most of your head coaches mm-hmm. in the area. You know, I've been developing mine. I love to sit down and talk with uh, Coach Boyles and Coach Causey and, and those guys like that. So you want to see them do well too to right. succeed. Well I mean it's uh and I won't say the coach's name but uh <clears throat> uh, over the past year or so I've had a lot of of they're off the record conversations. Right. Okay. So, so, so nothing I gather from those conversations I use for anything as far as, you know, reporting or anything. I, I just, you know, you become friends with these, these coaches. You, you, uh, and so, you know, you get, you get, you get to spend a lot of time with them and, and get to know them. And, and when you see them, you, you talk, you talk about things that are not related to sports. You talk about life. You talk about family. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, and, and that's the – I think that's one of the greatest things about the job to me. And, and I love photography. I love sports. But the, the thing that I enjoy the most is just sitting down with the kids or with the coaches and just having a conversation. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, I mean, that's – that that's you know that's what makes the job job so special. Yeah, I, I talked to a kid uh, from your coverage area yesterday. Um, not not gonna say who it was uh, here, but you know just congratulated him uh, for for making it where he did for for Taylorsville winning the state championship. 
Uh, I sent him a few pictures that I had, and because uh, he's always always been a really good kid. And, uh, every time I come out and are able to watch him, he always messages me and thanks him, thanks me for coming out. And uh, it was really good to see those guys uh, get a win. And you know, this is like I told him last night. This is just a chapter and a part of your story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, soak it in and get ready for the next next thing coming up. So. It was uh, it was a good weekend overall. Obviously, at Grove failed Oxford. Let's talk about that game because that, like I said, to me that was the most. As a fan of football, uh, that was one of the most exciting games of the state championships of the two day event. Um, so just just kind of tell us the story of kind of what happened in the game and and kind of set the scene. Right, so uh, Oak Grove started pretty quick. Uh, I feel like uh, I'd have to go back and look exactly exactly at the scoring drives and things like that. But essentially, they jumped over Oxford, Oxford, which is what I said that I thought that they would have to do is they would have to jump on top of Oxford quickly because Oxford had only been given up about eight points a game for the for the previous eight games. So uh, they, they had to jump on quick, and they, they did do that. Um, so uh, I think Oxford actually scored first. They scored a field goal first, 27-yard field goal, uh, went up 3-0. But then uh, you had Stewart connect with Tavion Smith for a 27-yard touchdown reception, uh, gave them the lead, uh, 7-3. They uh Kept going, uh, kept going, scoring. Uh, they put together a seven-play drive uh, that went 85 yards. Uh, Eugene Newell put them up 14 to three with a just a two or three-yard touchdown run. Uh, and then right before halftime, mm-hmm. the crazy play happens, and people have been asking what it is. It's essentially the Philly special. Mm-hmm. It's what. Uh, that, that came from uh, Philadelphia and New England in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. You essentially have a player that doesn't get the ball much. Uh, and he, Quentin Sterling, who I believe is a sophomore, and I think he's only played a couple of games, uh, he lined up. Uh, uh, off center, maybe as a receiver. Uh, and anyway, uh, Damon Stewart acted like he didn't know what was going on. Uh, all the players looked visibly confused. He kind of backs up and uh, kind of moves to his left like he's talking to the line. And Sterling eased over under mm-hmm. center. Center snaps the ball. Stewart takes off. And uh, it ends up with a touchdown. I think there was some kind of pitch or something. In there. It was it was a crazy play. Yeah. Um, but anyway, they go up 21-3. to three. Right before halftime, they have all the momentum. I think you would agree. They had all of the momentum. Right. And the second half, I think this this will probably go down as a play that not many people think about, but something that I saw on the in the second half. Um, you had. Um, uh, J.J. Uh, Puig's, I think is how you say his last name, uh, 
he ran for a 62-yard touchdown. Uh, he, he actually was throwing the ball. I think it was a screen or something. It wasn't, wasn't very far. But he, he's a big was, old boy, by yes, the way. he's huge. And uh, he's going down the middle of the field, and an Oak Grove player tries to grab him and kind of undercuts him. And Puig does not go to the ground. He gets just tripped up and somehow stays on his feet and ends up going and scoring. And I think that's huge uh, whenever you look back on that. He should have more than likely went down, but he done such a good job of staying on his feet and got him to the end zone. Um, it ended up Oxford was on a 28 to nothing run in the second quarter, in the second half. And a couple of fourth down stops. The probably the biggest was uh, Oak Grove had fourth and goal on the one inside the one. Mm-hmm. Basically, it was on the inch mark. Uh, I took a picture. There was probably less than a foot of space between the football and, and the goal line, and they could not get it in. Um, Oxford takes over. I believe the first play uh, that Oxford has, um, Megger throws a 25-yard pass and gets them out of the shadow of their own goalpost, and they drive down the field for a 99-yard drive and score. Um, Ends up, they win 31-21, and uh, yeah, it it just shocked. I think it shocked a lot of people that they were able to go on a 28-0 run. Uh, Looked completely different Mm -hmm. from the first half to the second half. So... What, what about you? Oh, I'm going to go back to that play that uh, I'm going to say fooled a lot of people because it fooled me. You know, the quarterback kind of, you mentioned him coming to the line. The thing that I remember the most is he looked back toward his coaches with his hands up in the air and kind of motioning, tell me what to run. Tell yeah. me what to run. And, of course, it was a ruse because they had it was a design play of doing that and the next thing you know it you know the ball was snapped and and immediately i thought oh no you know i I wasn't thinking trick play yeah but when i saw that the snap was not fumbled it actually directly went to somebody i was like touchdown i mean because he had me fooled you definitely had Oxford fooled. Right. I think you had everybody in the stadium fooled because it, it was almost like a gasp was let out in the stadium. Even Oak Grove fans seemed like, <gasps> yeah. you know, they were like, oh, no, you know, we just messed this up. But, you know, it was a design play like that, and, and they score a touchdown. That, that, that was the thing that I remember the most was the quarterback looking back towards his coaches, shaking his hands and basically saying, well, what do you want me to run? Hurry up. You know, the time is expiring. Yeah. I believe it was fourth down, too. Yeah. I think it was fourth down. I think it was. So, uh, yeah, that was a crazy play. And then, of course, the second half, you got to see it from a gross perspective. Mm -hmm. But, of course, I was also shooting that game for the Daily Journal in Tupelo, which covers Oxford. Um, So, I was on the Oxford sideline, and I got to witness – the pandemonium that was going on on their sideline, that coach they got, you know, I know he's got the coaching pedigree. His father's currently the the coach at Duke. And, uh, you know, uh, they just came out with the game plan in the second half and just took over the game. 
and and I would say, and maybe because I wasn't paying attention to it that much, I was kind of editing photos. They to me, they seemed like they just kind of slipped back into the game. Right. Like it wasn't, uh, you know, bam, bam, bam. Next thing, you know, it was like, bam, bam. Bam! They're in the game again. Yeah, and you were like, kind of, where did this come from? It was just they kind of gradually, gradually, I came think, back into the game. I think because we don't cover them uh, routinely, obviously, because they're at Oxford. There was they were just calm. Yeah, I, I, that's what I noticed mm-hmm. on the on their sidelines is they never really panicked. Yeah, um, and I felt. I felt like Oak Grove once it got to 21-17 I felt like they started to panic a little bit Mm -hmm. because they were obviously losing their momentum they had got hit uh, with the 62 yard pass play then they got hit with a 23 yard touchdown Uh, the two point conversion stuff was was absolutely nuts Uh, you know it, it, they really just got shell shocked, um, and uh, the killer was near the end of the game. Uh, I want to say the score is twenty four twenty one, and it's third and goal from the twenty five, and uh, Mager got the ball direct snap. Honestly, looked like he was probably just trying to set up for the field goal kicker. Mm-hmm found the seam and scored the touchdown. And it just killed any chance of a group being able to come back. And uh, yeah, that that was that's what put the nail on the coffin. Yeah. Well, before we get into the other games that were played, just kind of briefly going over those, um, just going to give our uh, end of the year records. Um, I ended up uh, 83 and 30. That is a 73.45 uh, percentage, and you ended up 86 and 33, a 72.27 percentage. Yeah, still a good year. Yeah, still a good year. Um, you know, anytime you're in that, like I said, that 70 range, uh, you, you're doing pretty good. Obviously, we, we kind of had hoped to get the 75%, um, but just, just couldn't get there. So, uh, just kind of going over the other games that were played there uh, in the 3A final game, you had Jeff Davis picking up their eighth. No, no, Mancuso's Mancuso's eighth, eighth but Jeff Davis's second. Yeah, because um, Jeff Davis is a school that was originally Bassfield and Prentice. Uh, two different schools that, that combined together. Consolidation brought those schools together, and. Uh, Mancuso continued to be the head coach there, and, and he won his eighth, and Jeff Davis picked up their second. Um, they beat Knoxby County 25-15. In the 1A game, you had Nanawayo defeating Lumberton 28-13. to And then in the 4A game on Saturday, you had Corinth defeating Poplarville 55-21. to Let's kind of talk about that game. That was uh, – I think everybody – kind of figured coming into this game Corinth was going to win it uh, but I kind of felt this game would be a little bit closer than than it was yeah uh, Corinth absolutely 
uh, use the term again, they absolutely shell shot Poplarville. Uh, Their running back and quarterbacks, they had three players over 100 yards, all purpose yards, just absolutely dominated this game. Uh, I was surprised by that. Poplarville has a has a running style kind of like kind of picking you, mm-hmm. where they just hold the ball and suffocate you, uh, and they could not do it. They could not mm-hmm. get in control of this game, and uh, because of that, Corth was able to run away with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was that was one of the one of the better games that was played. Uh, there at M.M. Roberts Stadium. And, of course, the uh, nightcap on day two that kind of capped everything off, you had West West Point. I keep wanting to say West Jones. <laughs> West Point defeated Picayune 38-26. Uh, that was, to me, that was probably the second best game, I would have to say, behind the Oxford and Grove. You may disagree with that. I don't know. But uh, uh, that was just a – that was an interesting game. Obviously, you, you know that that was Dudley's last game at Picayune before retirement, and uh, I know those players wanted to send him out with a win, and it's been an emotional uh, – I would say emotional week. It's really been an emotional year for him with all that he's had to endure. Um, just kind of wanted to see them go out and win, but, but West Point, man, they're just – are just a different animal. I would I would venture to say they were probably they were probably the best team there. I think so. Uh, it would be between them and Oxford. Uh, man, I, I, I tweeted this out. Every year, you think this might be a team that can match up with West Point. You know, we said all year, yeah. picking you probably is the best matchup for West Point. Last year, West Jones, probably the best matchup for West Point. Mm-hmm. The year beforehand, this team is probably the best team to match up with yeah. West Point. And what happens? You're sitting there looking at it's 21-7 in the second quarter in favor of West Point. Yeah. Uh, now, now, I say that, you did make that uh, one-point game before halftime. It was 21-20, to 20, I believe, as, as both teams went to the half, went to halftime. Uh, interception and uh, big rushing score, I think, tightened that game up. But it just never felt like West Point was in real danger. Never felt like it. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know. The West Point system is just – doesn't matter who's back there on right. It just it's kinda of like Jefferson Davis County. Yeah. Doesn't matter who's back down there, they have a system, they run it as soon as the baby's born, if it's a boy, <laughs> uh, the coach goes up there and says, You're running this system, get in the playbook. So uh I I just I don't know. Um hated I was really rooting for Dodley. Not that I was rooting against West Point. Right. But I was just I wanted to see that story, you know. Uh, and he, everybody who who talked to him after the game said he was gracious about it, and uh, he felt like he was satisfied. And that's hard. That's hard to resonate after you just lost the game right. like that. But uh, yeah, I, I had to agree. It was probably the second best game. Picky did try to make a game out of it, but West Point's just West Point. Well, you, you wanted you wanted Picky to win because of. Because of the things that that kind of surrounded that program, uh, but I guess as a coach, you know, when you know your players just gave everything they had, 
you, you can't be disappointed right. in that. Now, now if they came into the game and it was just they were untypical Picayune and, and, you know, you could tell that they wasn't giving their all, giving 100%, 110%, I, I get that. But for Don Lee, you know, he watched his team literally give everything they had. Yeah. And uh, you can't you can't be disappointed in that, no matter what the outcome of a game may be. Right. So, yeah, uh, a great two days of, of high school football, which will now come to an end. As far as you know, teams playing go, we still have the Mississippi Alabama game, which we will be at Saturday. Um, it's going to be interesting to see some of those kids. Uh, didn't have very many kids playing in that game from our area, but uh, there's some big names in that game and, and, and a lot of things kind of surrounding those players, uh, The you know, not knowing where they're going to go and play college ball and and all that. So, uh, and plus some of these kids that we've, we've been hearing about for a year or two, we actually get to see in action that we, they're not in our area and, and get to see, you know, how well they match up against kids um, that are on equal playing field as far as talent goes. Uh, so that would be interesting to see. And then following the Miss Isle game, the next week you will have the uh, the North versus South All-Star game. Yeah, we got several players from that one. Yeah, we, we got several players in, in that game. So, uh, yeah, we still got a little bit of high school football left, but it's, it's not what you would – typically consider high school football it's just all-star which was sometimes for me it's just hard for me to get into all-star games uh, especially the north-south game because it's you, you play in uh, you play in by some different rules that you, you don't you know kickoffs and stuff like that it's just not the same it's just you know it, it's you, you kind of get there again why, why are they playing this game they're they're essentially playing there for sure right I mean, it's a little bit of a rivalry. The people try to hype it up. This North versus South and, and all this, but they're just out there to have fun and suit up. And, you know. and, and they're not, and this is not a knock to the players, but they're not giving their all in those games um, because we saw this a couple of years ago with what, Kirk McCarty? He uh, broke his ankle yeah, in that game yeah. or, or hurt his ankle and. and you know, was didn't he, I don't even know if he got to play baseball. Yeah, his senior year there um, had to, had to deal with 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 that stuff, and uh, so you know, players have seen that before, and they're just you know, so it's, like I said, it's kind of hard to get into those all star games, but we'll go and get some photos of the kids that are in our area and, and get get to watch some of these kids, especially in the Miss Owl game um, that we've heard being talked about for for the last couple of years. So, um, uh, and, and just to let everybody know, our, I know the, the magazine in our area uh, should be here Friday. Uh, we finished it up Monday afternoon, uh, sent it off to the printers, and we're hoping to get it back Friday. Uh, the postseason review magazine will basically cap the season off for the teams in, in my area, Jasper Jones, Smith, and Wayne County. We'll have an all-area team. Uh, we will announce our coach of the year, offensive player of the year, and defensive player of the year. And we have a few other stories. We have a fishing with legends story that, that kind of doesn't go along with football, but just kind of something special that we got to be a part of here a couple weeks ago and wanted to 
had a lot of good pictures for it, so we wanted to kind of include this in our magazine. And and Dale Dale McKee wrote a story about the uh, I think it's the 1939. They called it the Toy Bowl. Yes, uh, that was a the, great story, by the way. Yes, it was. Uh, so um, some interesting stories you, you'll definitely want to check out. I believe that game was against Laurel and uh, Holy Cross. Yes, uh, from Louisiana. So. And it was a very low low scoring game, which was kind of typical of of, of high school games back in the day. So, uh, be sure to kind of uh, check us out at sports601.com when we will announce uh, when the magazine is in and when it goes out. So that's something to look forward to. Before we uh, wrap things up on our final podcast of season one, uh, let's talk some college football i know we have some uh some bowl games coming up that we'll be attending i I think three at this point Uh, we're still waiting on confirmation from the armed forces bowl Uh, but uh, there's no doubt in my mind that we're we're going i know we'll get credentialed for that because we're season credential holders for southern miss and they they never refused uh that so we will be at the armed forces bowl that will be played uh january the 4th yes january the 4th uh we've got that one in in fort worth yes fort worth texas and we've got a drive ahead of us we do (laughs) i'm kind of hoping oh yeah you talked about this yeah like we're kind kind of hoping See, I'm I'm torn, Pete. I just realized this. Yeah, realized this yesterday. If just to let everybody know, I'm a huge Green Bay fan. Mm-hmm. Okay, I do not like the Dallas Cowboys. And recently, <laughs> recently, Green Bay has owned Dallas. Aaron Rodgers has walked in as Sheriff Rodgers and taken down the Cowboys. <laughs> But my problem now, after I thought about it, is Green Bay is leading the division. So they would host the first round of the playoffs. So my team would have to do bad and then play Dallas in the first round as a wild card. And there might be a chance that we could go to that game but I don't want my team to do bad. I want them to host and be the two seed and have the home field advantage. So I'm really torn because I'm not staying to watch the Cowboys against probably Minnesota, who I also do not like because they're a rival. (laughs) So I'm kind of torn. Like it would be my first time to see Green Bay uh, potentially, but yeah, there's that. If that happens, we've got to go to that game. (sighs) Have to. But I don't want to see Minnesota, and I don't really care for Dallas. I know Mississippi State fans are all about some Dak, but just I'm not into Dallas. Yeah. Um, but the Armed Forces Bowl will be against Southern Miss and Tulane. Yes, and I'm excited about that. I'm excited yeah. to go out there. And, well, we have some guys um, from our area that, that, that are playing at Tulane, yeah. so that, that would be interesting to uh, – to get to see those guys uh, one last time in college football. So, uh, and then uh, you won't be able to, to accompany me on this bowl, but because uh, you'll be, you'll be, I'll be in Tennessee. You'll be in Tennessee. You just won't be in Nashville. You'll you'll be with your uh, your youth group uh, at some conferences. But but I will be at the Music City Bowl, which will be between Mississippi State and Louisville. That'd be a good game. Yeah, I was kind of hoping for a different opponent. 
than than Louisville because I, I saw State in Louisville yeah uh, a couple years ago at the Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium Lamar and, Jackson uh, you got to yeah. cover Lamar yeah got to cover Lamar uh, so I was kind of hoping for a different opponent um, but you know football games a football game so uh, and then the big one the big one we uh, we got credentialed for the Sugar Bowl oh, that is like which will be Georgia versus Baylor. Huge. And not so much for the Sports 601 viewing audience, but just for our own enjoyment. I think we're going to go down there and, and cover that game, get some photos and stuff like that. Yeah, I'll definitely be writing about it. Uh, yeah. But uh, he, he just my favorite yeah. bowl, favorite bowl game. Yeah. And uh, it's a good one to be at. I was there uh, several years ago when, when Ole Miss was down there playing in it, and it was uh who do you have in the game, by the way, Georgia or Baylor? Ooh, Georgia got monkey stomped by LSU. Yeah, but LSU's just a different animal, man. Uh, they are, but Oklahoma this is had to probably go to OT their, to beat Baylor. This is probably their best team. Since Saban was it? I would even <laughs> say probably before that. It's just this year they just they're just good. Just been able to do some things they haven't been able to do in a long, long time. And so I, you know, and I don't sound like an SEC homer, but I mean, SEC versus Baylor. I just you know. I mean, I. I and, really. and I'll get to see Baylor two games in a row because they will be playing Ole Miss. To open up oh. the 2020 season, so you're right. They'll be a different team, bro. They're loaded yeah, with seniors. Yeah, they're loaded with seniors. They'll, they'll lose a lot of guys. So, so yeah. So yeah, we have we have those bowl games that we'll be covering and taking pictures for and writing stories. So that that should be exciting, uh, but not as exciting as the news that has <laughs> has a. Uh, how should I say it? Rolled into town in Oxford? I guess you would say that. Choo-choo. The lane train has landed in Oxford. Oh, my goodness. I, you know, I wasn't excited about that hire when I heard that it was a possibility. I was... Because I kind of wanted Mike Norvell or Billy Napier. Uh, those were the two guys that I had uh, kind of hoped Ole Miss would get after Matt Luke was fired at Ole Miss. Um, but the closer it got and when the news broke, I became really excited about the hire. I think Lane Kiffin is kind of what Ole Miss needs right now. But... In the last 24 hours, I've kind of drifted back to, eh, I don't know. I just see this will either end in two ways. It will end beautifully or Oxford will be burnt to the ground. (laughs) Uh, One of those two. I don't foresee a middle ground. I just foresee one of those two things. And I probably wouldn't foresee that if... Can I call the guy an idiot? <laughs> That's a little harsh. The guy that handed his baby off to Lane Kiffin 
when he got off the plane at the tarmac <laughs> that said, hey, by the way, be sure you get you a burner phone. It's peak obvious. It is, but but now the NCAA is licking their chops going, we're going to get them boys again. <laughs> what did you hear about what Ole Miss did, though? Have you heard what they did whenever he arrived? They had their party at the Grove. I did not hear about so that. So they, they had all the shirts with the lane train and all this. They sold out of all of their Lane Kiffin merchandise. In three hours, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I so, did hear that. So because they sold out of it, they started offering half-price beer, like half-price alcohol. Proving once again that Ole Miss never loses a party. Never loses a party. <laughs> yes. But, so, the reason I could see it burning to the ground is that when you have somebody that says something as stupid as that, and I'm okay with you saying it, but don't say stuff like that when cameras are rolling on you. Multiple cameras at that. You had all the the people that were there, you know, with their cell phones out. You had reporters there, and it was picked up immediately. You know, and then and then you get a picture of Lane Kiffin. He wasn't meeting Hugh Freeze in Oxford. It was a, a group of guys, and it just happened to be that those that Lane Kiffin and Hugh Freeze were spotted at the same table together well, he, with, with a group of guys. Which, he still has a house in Oxford, right? Yeah. Okay. As, far yeah as, I, as far as I know, he still has a house in Oxford. They both share the same agent. So it could have been just one of those things where the agents was, you know, just kind of just a casual dinner with, with a bunch of his guys, just, just enjoying themselves. I could see that being kind of how that transpired. Or... We know Lane Kiffin is very businesslike. Um, he's wanting to do a good job in Oxford. You can't, you can't not, you can't doubt that. Uh, and, and the other thing I could say is he probably wanted to sit down with Hugh Freeze and say, "How did you, how did you become successful in Oxford?" I have a joke. Doing things the right way. Let's not talk about what you did the wrong way, but let's talk about how did you do things the right way and become and put Ole Miss on the map. So with him being very business-minded and wanting to do a good job, I can kind of see you wanting to meet with a guy who had success there and wanted to get some insight on the area, on recruiting, on you know. So, so I could see those two scenarios being the reasons the two were together. But just the fact that the two were together would also make the NCAA go, hmm, we're going to get them boys again. So that right there kind of puts the fear into the Lane Kiffin era that has begun. Uh, I hope that all goes well. But like I said, I could see it ending in two ways. It ending beautifully, as in, you know, Lane Kiffin's able to get Ole Miss back on the national stage, get them good again. Uh, I'm hoping that's the case, but but like I said, I could see it going both ways. So do you expect Lane Kiffin to be a regular 10-win guy, or do you expect him to be a 7-8-win? Seven to, seven to like, what is, your, what is your opinion of Lane Kiffin 
Peak Lane Kiffin. Peak Lane Kiffin. Okay. Uh, I think he's going to be – I think he's going to have similar success as Dan Mullen had at Mississippi State. I think there's going to be some years there where, you know, six or seven wins uh, mixed in with a couple of nine, ten-win seasons. Um, I think there will be a flux there, but it won't be like a – it won't be like a, a four-and-eight season one year a nine and three the next or, or, or something like that. I think I think they'll be they'll be consistently good, but yeah. there will be some years where there's a little bit of drop off because obviously you have seniors and and all that stuff. Um, so uh, will he have a losing season in Oxford? Maybe next year um, because recruiting is going to take a hit this year because a lot of kids that were what that were recruited and that committed to Ole Miss um, did so because of Matt Luke and so Ole Miss has already lost and may lose a few more and 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 Kiffin won't have time to go out and create those relationships to bring in other guys to fill those spots so I think you'll you'll probably be down on recruiting this year Next year, I think, you know, he will get Ole Miss back to Rebound. to the top in recruiting. But uh, but I, th- I don't think it'll be this year. And plus, next next year's next year's schedule for Ole Miss, especially in the first six games, it's just brutal. Baylor, uh, LSU, Auburn, and Alabama are all in the first six games of the season. So, you know. I think it'd be, and plus you're having to, you got new coordinators in, um, which we'll mention one of those. Actually, I, I, you know, at the beginning of the, the podcast, I mentioned that we had something I was going to save it to the end. Uh, just got a notification. It says, uh, it was something uh, put out by ESPN. It says, Kiffin eyes UCF's Libby for OC. Um, Jeff Libby, uh, will possibly be the offensive coordinator for the Rebels if, if all goes well. It says that he's zeroed in on him uh, to fill the, the role, the same role for the Rebels. Uh, I think that's a great hire. Yeah. I think Kendall Briars and, and him, I think you, you can't go wrong with either one of those two guys. Um, so I, I think that will be a great hire. Uh, you know that Kiffin's going to bring a good staff in. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He's, just, he's got the connections. Um, he's going after the big guys. He's not just going after some guy who's had a little success in FBS and hoping that something good happens at Ole Miss. He's, he's going to go after guys that have been proven yeah, either in the SEC or – Yeah. So, you know he's going to be bringing a good staff. Don't quite know what's going to happen with the defensive coordinator position. I, I would assume that he's going to keep – uh, McIntyre, just for the simple fact that he hasn't let him go yet, he, he's let go several former Ole Miss coaches. Um, the two that did surprise me was Peeler and Nicks. I, I thought he would keep them around. And, and from what I understand, there's still a possibility that Nicks will stay on staff. He just will not be the running backs coach because I believe uh, Kiffin is bringing uh, his running backs coach that he had at, at, at FAU. Uh, 
I'm hearing possibly special teams, maybe. Uh, but but Nixon Nixon Peeler were a guy I thought you should you should keep on. I know Peeler won't be returning. There's a possibility for Nixon, but those two guys uh, knew the landscape of Mississippi really well and were able to recruit at a high level. Um, so that was kind of a little bit disappointing that that Peeler was let go, and that Nixon was was let go, and, and we don't know if he he'll be returning in some other capacity, but uh, I thought those were the two guys for sure that you need to keep. But with that being said, the fact that uh, Mike McIntyre is still hanging around in Oxford, I, I think he'll probably retain him at least one more year and kind right. of give him another shot because obviously he did really well this past season considering where the defense was before he got there. So um, we'll, we'll see in the coming days kind of – what transpires and who will be uh, coaching uh, the the different positions uh, there at Ole Miss and Oxford. Well, my hot take for next year is that Ole Miss will win the games that they should win, which is Southeast Missouri, Vanderbilt, UConn, Arkansas, and Georgia Southern. That's five. Mm-hmm. If they can beat Baylor week mm-hmm. one, that's huge, and mm-hmm. that should all but guarantee them a bowl spot. Right. If they don't beat Baylor, and they go 0 1-1, 1-1, 1-2, 1-3, 1-4 after the Alabama, because you have Baylor, Southeast Missouri, Auburn, LSU, Alabama, you could be looking at 1-4. They should be able to beat Vanderbilt. That brings them 2-4. Florida, uh, they are, it is in Oxford. Mm-hmm. That should help. Mm-hmm. But just say they lose that one. You're looking at two and two and five. They beat UConn. Uh, that brings them to three and five. They lose to A&M. That brings them to three and six. But then they beat Arkansas and Georgia Southern. And that sets up the Egg Bowl. Five and six at Oxford with a bowl trip on the line. Yeah. And... This would be peak Lane Kiffin trolling time if he beats Mississippi State in his first year. Uh, so my hot take is they're five and six, and they beat Mississippi State to win the Egg Bowl and get into the bowl game. So that's my early, I think early hot take. My hot take is I think they will win two of three games that you may not expect them to win. And those games, uh, Texas A&M, I don't think they'll beat Florida, but they could. That's a possibility. But I don't think they'll beat Florida. I think they could beat Auburn, and I think they could beat uh, Texas A&M, and obviously Mississippi State being the other one. I think they will They have a good shot at maybe, especially with the kids they got coming back, uh, the offense that he likes to run. The defense will have uh, – if if McIntyre stays around, you know the kids have already kind of know, know that system and have played it a year. So uh, I think they'll win two of those three games. I, I would I couldn't tell you which one they will, but I think they'll slip up and beat a couple teams that you probably wouldn't expect they would. I could see Texas A and M. I still think that Jimbo Fisher to A and M so far is a bust. Yeah. I, I just, there's no other way to put it. AM fans don't agree with that. They think that next year will be the year that AM jumps mm-hmm. out and really, really, really competes for the West. 
I've, I've yet to see anything after yeah. the LSU. Did you watch the LSU Texas A&M game? Not really. LSU walked all over Texas A&M. There was mm-hmm. no motivation at all to yeah. beat LSU. So. Hmm. Well, Kevin, it's, uh, it's been a fun season one. It has. I'm looking forward to season two, and, and like I said, we're going to change some things up. Um, kind of go in a different direction as far as we'll still be talking sports in our area and stuff like that. We're going to change some things up that will uh, make it even more interesting and uh, maybe do a lot more hot takes, you know. <laughs> make some folks mad. Maybe. Make them listen. Maybe. You know, so we've had a, a pretty decent uh, viewing uh, and listening audience so far this year in our first year. Uh, we just want to do some things to, to kind of keep us moving in the right direction. So uh, it's been fun. It's been really fun. The high school season has been – it's really come and go. And I, to be honest, it, at this point, I guess I'm just so tired that I don't remember much <laughs> that went on this past season. Um, but – but it's been it's been a fun, exciting season. Just kind of went by. Before we go, what was your favorite game of the year? I knew you were going to ask this, and that's why I said things right now are a blur because I tried to think of what my answer would be if he asked that question, and I had to think. I had to remember what games did I watch, what games did I cover. Uh, the Wayne versus West. Game. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought about that game. That was. Uh, a 17-point comeback by West Jones to keep them alive in the playoffs. That was that was a, that was a good game to watch. I, I thought the the Bay Springs and the Enterprise game was very interesting to me. I can see I, that. I enjoyed watching that game. Uh, Northeast Jones Mendenhall. Yeah, the rain, was it the rainy game? It was game? raining, it was wet, it was muddy. It was a struggle uh, to do anything on the field, and it was just a it was a fun game to watch. You, you had had Northeast Jones driving in the final minute of the game. looked like they were going to get into the end zone. They were you know, on the four or five-yard line and just could not get in as time expired. That was a, that was a fun game to witness. Uh... The Laurel West Jones, you know, every year that game is is fun to watch. It was uh, there was a lot of excitement there and so so when they won that game, and uh, yeah, those those are the games that, that really stick out in my mind so far. Um, of course, the first game of the year that I was covered the Taylorsville Scott Central game, a rematch of last year's state championship game for Taylorsville and Scott Central. That was a game that was fun to watch and to cover. Um, yeah, those were the those are kind of the ones that, that at this moment kind of come to mind for me. What, what about you? It's gotta be it's gotta be the pedal branding game. That game had uh, pretty much everything you could want. Yeah. Uh, it, it started pedals right. I feel like uh, the kick where you have uh, Nate Jones like just prayed and we're out there and done what done my done my job to the best of my abilities that God gave me to do. Uh the South State Championship. Yeah. Hello Grove was everything you could ever want from that that rivalry with that mm-hmm. on the line. Uh seeing seeing Causey celebrate with his family. Um there's so many uh Purvis mm-hmm. this year. Uh 
playing lights out. They played over. They played over their heads, as, as some people said, to get in the playoffs. Uh, obviously, you know they went out first round, but uh, to be able to to be able to make the playoffs. Uh, yeah, uh, the Saturday night game that we had, uh, Stringer and uh, Sebastopol. Yes. That was a great game. game. Yeah, yeah great game, Saturday night game. So uh, there was just so many. But, yeah, p- probably pedal Brandon. Yeah. So. Well, be sure to check us out on sports601.com for all your high school, JUCO, college sports updates, articles, photos, and videos. Uh, we're entering the – uh, soccer and basketball season full swing. Uh, region play uh, was supposed to begin Tuesday night, but we had some rain and, and those games got pushed to another date. But, uh, but yeah, be sure to check us out on sports601.com for all your high school needs. Uh, we'll see you next week. Or, well, we'll see you in two weeks uh, for season two of uh, Sports 601 podcast.